Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast, here with your host Ryan McCarthy, and today we are joined by Robin Sparkles. Robin is a fitness and mindset coach who helps women master their mind so they can create their dream life and become their best confident self. Robin is also a hypnotherapist, and within today's episode, we touch on Robin's personal life and business life. And she talks about at the age of 16, she gave birth to twin boys, and she talks about the lessons that came with that, the challenges that came with that, and how she overcame the challenges that rose up during that time. And also so many lessons as being a mother as well. But within the business life, she touches so much on around hypnotherapy, mindset, discipline, motivation, fitness, health, nutrition, the list goes on, I can keep naming them, but there's just so much value within today's episode and it's just an epic conversation. It's a really good one to listen to. So I'm really keen for you all to check it out and dive into it. But in other news, if you could please share this podcast around, it means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow and reach a larger audience. If you could please leave the podcast a rating as well, that means so much in terms of growth, you know, just reaching that larger audience and getting this message out there, you know, because the whole purpose of this podcast is to give the world free information, free resources and free value so they can add it to their life or just so they have the information to add it to their life when they feel the need to, all for free. So if you could please share it around and leave it a rating, it just means so much. And also One Talk Clothing is available. It's in the bio of this episode. But without further ado, let's welcome Robin. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. And America, I'm going to tell you. Victory lap tonight, though. Victory lap tonight. Welcome, Robin. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me. I'm so excited for today. No worries at all. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today and sharing your time, sharing your value. Um, I've been following your page for a little while now and I really admire the work that you do and the resilience that you have to keep showing up. It's, um, I find it inspirational. I know there is a story behind the work that you do. And for this episode, I'd love to pick your brain a bit, but I'd also love to understand the why behind your mission. Like, why do you do what you do? And like, why is it so important to you? Yeah. Amazing. So for me, I like my biggest why, why I do what I do is as you can see from my page, I have experienced a lot in my life. I have a child with a disability. I have really suffered in life in the past and I've really been able to overcome a lot in my life as well. So I know that if I've experienced something so challenging in my life, there are so many other people out there that are struggling in life. And my biggest mission is to impact as many women as I can to help them to overcome what they're going through in their life so they can live a life where they're happy, they're feeling good, they're feeling confident and they're loving their life because it is possible. So also my my big why and the reason I do what I do is because I do have a story and I know that someone out there needs to hear it. So even jumping on here today, like it's the first time I've done this, I do feel nervous and I know that there's someone out there that that needs to hear my story and needs to hear this. So that definitely is a driving force behind why I do what I do. 
Yeah. And like, before we go into your story, I'd like to ask you, because you said you feel nervous about coming on here, but you're doing it anyway. I know that's a big challenge for a lot of people. Like they get too caught up in their own thought process so they don't actually take the action. And I've definitely been that person in the past as well. Like what's the internal dialogue like for yourself to convince yourself or to talk to yourself into doing something, even though it's uncomfortable? So I think knowing what you want to get out of the experience, knowing what your outcome is, and then being able to choose the thoughts that actually support you in that moment. Because like even leading up to today, like this morning, there are a lot of thoughts going through my mind, like, oh, I'm nervous um, and this and that, lots of thoughts. There's so many thoughts available to us and we get to choose which one we want to hold on to and what we want to focus on. So I get to focus on like, oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. I get to have an awesome conversation with you. And I get to grow as well in this experience because I'm leaning into my edges and doing something that's uncomfortable. And we want to be feeling uncomfortable because that's where we actually grow. And we're always going to feel fear in life. And I think it's leaning into that and being okay that the fear can be there, but we want to grow and we want to be leaning into that and learning how to be friends with our fear. 100% like becoming friends, like building that relationship with our fear. Also like having that good perspective or that healthy perspective on things as well. I remember when I first, like a couple of weeks ago, I um, snapped two ligaments in my ankle Mm. and um, I had someone mention to me yesterday, like, I'm so surprised. Like every time I speak to you, like you're always uplifting and motivated and like you haven't seen down one little bit about this thing happening to you. And I'm like, yeah, but when it first happened, I could have easily focused on all the negative or unhelpful thoughts that came up. And trust me, there was a lot when it first happened. But it's having the understanding that you can make the choice of like, no, I want to focus on the things that will serve me and the things that will be helpful or useful to me and taking the action to go towards them. Yeah, absolutely. And what we focus on is just the most powerful thing because we can focus on like, uh, like all the things that you're not able to do by, you know, damaging the ligaments in your foot. Um, or you can look at like how you're going to grow through that process. You can't change it. So you may as well change how you're looking at it. Exactly. Right. And it's that old saying, you know, where, where focus goes, energy flows. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So going to your journey now, like you talk to us about how this started and why it started for you and maybe some important points in your life that kind of piece together person you are today yeah absolutely so I think my journey really started when I was a teenager so I am a mother I had my I have twin boys and I had my kids when I was quite young so I was actually 16 when I fell pregnant and I had my boys when I was 17 so twins do not run in my family they do not run in their dad's family it was a super crazy thing to have happened and as you've probably seen um one of my sons also has a disability. So he has cerebral palsy. He is quite disabled. He has very high needs. He's in a wheelchair, nonverbal, and is reliant on me for absolutely everything. So how this came about was a traumatic birth. And basically cerebral palsy is brain damage for those who don't know. Um, So he was, he had lack of oxygen to the brain and he came out blue and not crying. So we knew quite early on that something was not quite right. And that night he was uh, flown up to Brisbane intensive care in a helicopter. And that night he started having uncontrollable seizures and he was sedated for the first week of his life. So the next morning, um, 
after he had been having uncontrollable seizures, I got a call from the doctors to let me know. And I remember at the time, I don't think I even knew what a seizure was. I had no idea. And I remember saying like, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know. And like, I just thought that was a normal part of what happens. I think deep down, I knew that my life was about to change and that nothing would be the same again. I had this deep sense that life was going to become hard. And I remember I went and told my mom that what the doctor had said, that my son had been having seizures and she started crying and I was so confused. I was like, why are you crying? What's going on? And I remember feeling so dissociated and um, detached from my reality and what was happening. And I realized like that was where I started developing these coping mechanisms for my life. And so my life changed very quickly when I was very young. I was basically a kid having kids and I really suffered and struggled um, during those first years of my son's life. And basically I, I would say that I struggled up until my, my kids were like 12 years old. My kids are 16 now, which is the age that I was when I fell pregnant, which is just crazy to think when I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe that. I was having twins at that age and then having a child with a disability as well. It's super crazy. And it is also what has allowed me to become resilient as I am uh, today. So along the way, um, in my suffering, and I had a lot of pain, a lot of sadness, a lot of grief that I was just repressing and not dealing with. And eventually I found myself... Um, looking for ways to escape my reality. I was very unhappy, very depressed. And I ended up with a drug addiction and I ended up making a mess of my life, making a mess of myself. And I just completely lost myself. And I struggled with this addiction for a lot of my twenties and I ended up hitting rock bottom. And this rock bottom ended up being the catalyst that would change my entire life. I just had made a mess of myself. And I remember thinking like this, there's got to be more like this cannot be my life. And my pain got so intense and I became desperate to, to change my life. And I remember the moment where I made that decision to change my life and to let go of my addiction, let go of the identity that I had created around struggling about the stories that I had about being a disadvantaged um, family, quote unquote. And I started looking within and looking at, you know, how my life had ended up the way that it had. And I realized that it, it was me, all the decisions that I had made, all it, I had created this out of my own suffering. So I really had to look within and start healing myself and start looking at the parts of me that that was in pain and that was hurting. So I did a lot of inner work around this and I just started to, I, I started creating the version of myself that I wanted to become. And I built those strong foundations for who I am today. So this version of myself that I am today is someone that I crafted with a lot of intentionality and I, I put a lot of work into becoming who I am today. And I believe all the, the struggles and the challenges that I've been through, they're my biggest gifts. And it ended up being, you know, my biggest 
teacher in this life and it's looking back in hindsight reflecting back like when you're in the thick of it like you don't see it you just think you know I was a big victim of my life I thought everything was happening to me I would constantly just think why me why is this happening to me and now I look at it and I'm like I know why it happened to me and I'm strong because of it yeah well thanks for sharing that there's a lot Mm -hmm. that I want to pick apart from your story because there's a lot of lessons in there and it's very inspiring Thank um, you. to see how much you've been through, but then also persevere to continue the work and continue the journey and keep showing off for yourself. And obviously I would believe that a big factor and a big inspiration for you are your two boys as well. So yeah. a couple of things I want to break apart from that. Like when you said at the start, when you gave birth, there was a lot of detachment and dissociation involved with that. Do you think that's what led you to addiction because you wanted to feel more into the disassociation and detachment? Yeah, definitely that could have been a factor. And it also led me to, like in a weird way, but it led me to face off with what I wasn't facing within myself. Um, And it was another way to, to escape my reality and to run away from what was really going on within me. Um, But I definitely experienced like a lot of disassociation from a big chunk of my life as a way of coping. Yeah. I relate to that heaps because um, I'm not sure if you know much about me, but I was addicted to drugs from the age of 11 to 18 is when I got Mm -hmm. sober. And a lot of that was, I just wanted to disconnect from reality as much as possible and just be in like this numbness state and not feel and kind of take the responsibilities that I was meant to have in life away from me. That's what kept me in the loop. But the hardest thing about being in that loop was then having the awareness of what I'm doing is not contributing to a lifestyle that I really want. Like, because you said there was a moment when you realized you need a change in life. Like, but before that, what was the thing that triggered like even the self-awareness in the first place? Was it a conversation you had with someone? Was it a conversation you had with yourself? Was it an event that happened in life? Like what caused that self-awareness? I think there were so many moments like where I would go into a high peak state, like when I would be say on drugs and then the come down from that. And there was a lot of, um, I guess, self-reflection in those moments. And over time it definitely built up. Like there was just so much pain and the pain became so loud that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I started to really spend a lot of time with myself and just going within and becoming aware of like the pain that I had and giving it a name like, oh, this is actually sadness that I'm feeling grief. And I started journaling a lot. And when I started journaling, I started to realize a a lot of things that I hadn't been dealing with and that really wanted to make make itself known. And I think during this time where I actually just because I was constantly looking at distracting myself, keeping myself busy and not wanting like just avoiding the myself. Mm. So it was definitely a lead up to the the pain just becoming so loud and just starting to look within like what's actually going on with me? Like, what do I need? And like, what is what are these emotions that I'm feeling and just questioning it? Like, why am I avoiding it? that's the powerful thing about like asking yourself quality questions yeah because 
like if you don't start asking yourself questions, you just loop the same thoughts over and over again. And usually they're not the ones that you want to have in the first place <laughs> that I've found. So when you start asking yourself those quality questions, you start becoming more curious around your own life. And that's why I think, you know, doing things like journaling is so important because it gives us more insight to what our mind is trying to tell us, but also gives us more insight to the answers that we already have within that we once never realized we did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so powerful what you just said, like we do have the answers within. And I think the self-reflection, like looking within, that's the most powerful thing that we could do. Because if we don't know what's going on within us, we're constantly living as a reaction to our external environment, living as a reaction to our world where we want to be living with a lot of intention, but we also need to know like what is on, on your heart, like what is going on within you? What do you need? Because if you don't know that, then you're just like, you're just going through the motions of life, living un unconsciously. And we we really want to be, we, we want to be the captain of our ship. We want to be in control. We want to be in the driver's seat. So yeah, that's so powerful. So powerful that you've been through that experience as well. And you get to, to share it and have this platform to share your story as well. Yeah, likewise. And that like, that's the thing with addiction, right? Like we always seek the external thing to validate something within us that we need to actually internalize to actually find that within us. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they try and outsource that self-love. They try and outsource that internal validation, but it actually starts when you start looking within and start, you know, reprogramming the subconscious mind. When you start connecting to who you really are, when you start having those hard conversations with yourself that's when you truly start to see that change happen is when you stop externalizing it yeah absolutely and I think like that's so powerful and that's where my obsession with my subconscious mind and reprogramming myself really um, started coming to life and I remember when I was coming off um, coming out of my my addiction and I was just so desperate to change myself and I was listening to like meditation like subliminal med um subliminal messaging and just like listening to it while I slept like I didn't know what I was doing but I knew that like something was going to help me and I truly believe like the obsession that I had during that time of my life like on an unconscious level like it changed me whatever I was doing it worked but now I get to intentionally use that to consciously create a life that I want to create and do that from a place of thriving and not just surviving. And now I get to share that with the women that I work with as well. How powerful is it when you first have the realization that you can actually dictate your subconscious mind and program it in a way where it actually serves you. When I first had the results from putting the practice into that, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like, I can practice these things. I was doing the same. I was listening to um, guided affirmations every night over binaural beats. There's this page yes. on YouTube called Alpha Affirmations. Yeah. And I was listening to that every single night for about an hour. And I started seeing myself show up as these affirmations. And I was like, holy shit, like these things are actually so powerful and we can actually dictate the way that we feel. Like I've seen you do a post about being able to change your state. You really can if you start putting these processes in. Yeah, absolutely. And I did the same thing. I listened to binaural beats like every night, every day, like it was constantly on in the background. Um, so it's interesting that you've had that experience as well. And I think, you know, when you are 
so desperate to find a way to change your life. Like you make a way out of no way and you make it happen. And I think sometimes like the most painful things that we go through in life are, you know, that becomes such a driving force to like you, you make it happen. And I believe if I had a really easy life and everything was easy, you know, I, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So it really pushes you to, to really like overcome, um, you know, the adversity that, you know, you're experiencing in your life. Mm. And then when you get to those moments of rock bottom or you're back against the wall or you're back against the ropes, you realize that you're capable of so much more than you realized. But then yeah. when you get to a point where you're back still against the wall or you're not in rock bottom, you can then remind yourself that you still have that within you and you don't have to get to a certain stage to be courageous to do things. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to wait until the pain's so unbearable to make a change. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And um, and yeah, I think that's it's so powerful to be able to look back on the hard moments in your life and to be like, I could do that, like I can do anything and use that as a reference point that, you know, you reminding yourself that you are so capable, you are so strong. And I think we, you know, we forget that we forget how capable we are and we really, really sell ourselves short. So th these hard moments in life, the challenges that we do face when we do hit rock bottom, like those are the moments that, you know, we really, we really remember like what we are capable of and when you hit rock bottom the only way really is is up like you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain so I believe rock bottom is like such a powerful catalyst moment in our life definitely like do you have moments like when you find challenges you reflect back on moments in your life and you're like I did this and this and this why can't I overcome this current challenge especially one that I want to pinpoint back to because I want to stay in your journey as well it's important it's inspiring like having twin boys at the age of 16 like is that a moment you reflect back on the times and be like if I can do that and then 16 years later be in the position I am now I can do anything yeah absolutely and I think along the way being able to you know there's moments where I've thought like I don't know how I'm going to do this I don't know how I'm going to get through the day this feels so hard and having that come up for me multiple times, like so many times more than like, I cannot count how many times that feeling and that thought has come up for me, but being a looking back in hindsight that I have been able to overcome all of the things that I thought that I couldn't, it has really built self-belief, self-trust. And I know how much I am capable of that. I can do hard things. And that definitely has helped me to to build trust in myself um, because, yeah, it definitely was a really, really challenging journey. And now, and I think that also the important thing that I've been able to do for myself is creating empowering meanings for the experiences, the events, the circumstances that I've been through in life because it's very easy to you know, um, create disempowering ones, like why is this happening to me? And, you know, all of the the negative stories that we can have. So creating empowering meanings for the things that happen in our life. Mm, that self-trust is such a big piece, you know, having that like that authentic trust in yourself. And I believe that does come from what you just said is that I don't know how moments, because in those moments realize we don't have control of what's happening right now. We don't know mm -hmm. what to do. We don't know what direction to go to and we're lost. But then when you get 
the results of getting something great out of the moments where we don't know how and you start building that self-trust within you. It's such a powerful thing. And it's like when moments come up and you don't know how to do it or you don't know how to get through, but you still persevere, you still be on the conquest of overcoming challenges and overcoming adversity or still taking steps forward. You then reflect back on that and you're like, no matter what, whether I'm in control or I'm not in control, I can still dictate my course of my life by making sure the actions I take in the present are always going to be something that serves me. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mm. And, you know, there have been, have been a lot of thoughts that I've had, like, I would think about my future and I would think like, oh my God, I, how am I going to do this forever? And when I look back on everything in my life, like I know that everything's going to be fine. I know that I'm capable and I know that things always have a way of working out. And like, I, I trust that. And I trust my ability that even if something does come up along the way, like I trust that I'm able to, to deal with it and rise up to the the challenge or rise up to the responsibility, like whatever it is. And I think that self-trust, that self-belief is just like the biggest, the biggest piece. Yeah, and it's so heartwarming when you have it within yourself, just knowing that no matter what, you've got it. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Like reflecting back on like 16-year-old self and who you are now, like what would you tell yourself in that moment when you first had the news that you're going to be having twin boys? Like what's some of the things you'd be saying to yourself now? I would say to myself, like you've got this. Every It's going to be hard and it's going to be worth it. And you are so capable. Everything that is happening is happening for you. And it's preparing you for a big life. It's preparing you to inspire others with your stories. Like you get to have a kick-ass story to tell one day. That's what I would say. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to be able to empower so many other people from that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like fast forward a little bit when you got into addiction and you started to realize that it wasn't having a good effect on your life and you wanted to clean up that habit in your own life. Like what was some of the first steps in actually beating addiction and start doing things that are going to be more healthy or helpful for you? Like what was it going to the gym? Was it starting to journal? Like what was some of the first key things that helped you? Yeah. So definitely journaling was a big, big thing for me. Um, and there, there are so many things. So realizing that I had to also change my environment. Um, so detach myself from, you know, environments that were not helping me grow. And I had to detach from, you know, certain people that I was spending time with. I completely changed my environments, completely changed who I was spending my time with. And I started, you know, doing the inner work on myself, like reflecting, um, journaling and also this is also where my addiction to like becoming the fit version of myself um you know going to the gym uh starting to move my body my first goal that I had for myself um relating to my body and fitness was literally just to move my body and so I started going for walks and it was like just such a a low-key like goal and it started like moving forward from there and I started to notice like how good I felt when I started to look after myself and looking at like the base going to basics like you need good sleep you need to be eating well you need to be spending time in solitude you need to be moving your body uh, you need to be checking in with yourself like how do I feel what do I need 
So going to like the basics for me ended up being like the biggest thing, it, building the foundation so you can thrive in life and so you can feel good. And when you start doing that and creating a life that is actually fulfilling and exciting, then we don't look for like, you know, um, doing things that don't make us feel good. And really when I look back on it, like I didn't feel good when I had an addiction, but I also hadn't created a life that I couldn't get enough of. I hadn't created a life that was fulfilling and full of meaning. So I think that's also a huge key. So anyone who is experiencing addiction, like looking at like, what is missing in my life? Like, what do I actually need? What's the life that I want to create? And then when you start to create that and you start to create meaning and fulfillment, and a lot, having things to look forward to, having excitement, connection, and all of those things, you you lean more into that because that feels good, and you you don't want to be associating with the things that are bringing you down. But I think it's also looking at the parts of yourself that that need um, needed a little bit of extra love and care, and just looking after yourself in that way, and also giving yourself permission to to lean into loving yourself and gifting yourself with that. Like you don't need to continue the same patterns in your life. Like you get to change it. That hit home for me. That's the exact advice I needed at eighteen when I got sober. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, I needed to. <laughs> yeah, it's so true because like. One big thing you said there is like, what is missing? Because usually there's a need that's not being met. Yeah. And it's like finding what that need is. And it goes back to the basic always. Like when I first quit drugs, I was always focusing on the most complex things to help me. And I was like, why, why is this not helping me? I'm trying to do this and this and this. And it's like, no, you're not eating properly. You're not exercising. You're not sleeping. You're not doing this. You're not sitting in solitude. Like you said, that was a big one for me, not sitting in solitude. But just going back to the basics. And once you start crafting the basics and you want to start getting comfortable with them and actually doing them daily or doing them as a practice your whole life just expands from that yeah absolutely so powerful and it absolutely does it's those key things that we often like over overlook we think they're not important but they're so important yeah definitely and like especially with changing environment and i for a lot of people and maybe for yourself you may relate to this at the start, it can seem like such a scary idea because we have that feeling that we're going to be alone if we're changing environment or we might not fit in anywhere else. Like, did you have any of those thoughts or beliefs come up of being alone or you might not fit in anywhere else? And if you did, how did you overcome them? Yeah, I definitely did. And I think a big thing for me, it was part of my, it became part of my identity and it was, it becomes our comfortable our our familiar because it's it becomes all that we know so changing that it's it becomes uncertain even though it's already uncertain you're doing you know you're being quite destructive when you're you have the addictions and everything like that but um it definitely can feel quite scary to to create a change that's different to what you have been doing um but yeah, definitely leaning into that and creating a new identity for yourself is because we always live, we want to be staying true to our identity of who we believe ourselves to be. Like it's such a powerful force of the human psyche. So creating a, a new identity and having to intentionally put yourself in environments so, so you can grow. And we want to be surrounding ourselves with people that we actually want to be like as well, because we become who we surround ourselves with. So that's definitely, I found one of the most powerful things and that's become like 
um, very intentional with who I do spend time with these days. Mm. That's key there, finding your identity. Because mm-hmm. as we're growing up or before we start crafting our own identity, usually our, our identity is based on the values and beliefs that other people have implemented onto us. And the mm-hmm. ideas that other people should live their life, we end up forming our identity around that so we can fit in in that circle or we can fit in that environment. And we actually lose a part of ourselves in that process. So once you start figuring out who you truly are, once you start connecting to you, once you start finding out your own values, like it's such an important thing for people to do. And I just wanted to like double down on the identity part you touched on, because I'd love for people that are listening to maybe write down a few things and maybe start becoming curious. And like you said before, start asking yourself quality questions and connecting to your true source. Yeah, absolutely. So what I think, what I did for myself in that moment is I thought I had a glimpse of a vision of a life that I wanted to live and I really desired to thrive in life and to have certain experiences and to feel a certain way. So I remember that I created this vision of my my life or, you know, a, an ideal version of my life that I would like to experience. And then I looked at like, okay, who do I need to become to, to do that? Is that version of myself taking drugs? Is that version of myself hanging out with these kind of people? doing what I've, what I've been doing? No, definitely not. So I started looking at, you know, what kind of life do I want to be living and who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up? How do I want to impact people? Like what, what do I want the experience to be when people interact with me? And I, I had this vision of being like this, this fitness girl and feeling good and thriving and having beautiful friendships and all of these things. And I remember like I started crafting it, like I'm going to do jujitsu, like no one's going to mess with me. I'm going to be tough. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to go to the gym. And I started looking at people that were doing the things that I wanted to be doing. And I started modeling those behaviors, started modeling like the habits, like, okay, someone who feels good, has a good mindset or, you know, is fit and healthy. They go to the gym. They're consistent with that. They have, you know, healthy eating habits, they prioritize like their sleep, they prioritize doing this X, Y, Z. And I really started modeling it. So I think when, say, if you're, if someone's experiencing addiction or going through a hard time in their life and they're listening to this, like have a look at the people that you're inspired by, have a look at someone who's doing what you want to be doing and start modeling that, like look at how they're spending their day, look at what beliefs they might have, what thoughts they have. And you can, you can model that. You can use that inspiration to be your driving force to create something better for yourself. Mm, And start finding the environments these people are in and get into there. Like a good one is the gym for an example, you know, like my journey started when I first started going to the gym because the gym owner there, he took me under his wing and everyone at the gym is somewhat on a personal development journey trying to better themselves. And I just fed off that energy and wanted to keep going and showing up because I was always surrounded by other people doing the same thing. Yeah, amazing. And it's so true. And I think um, we both share that, the bit putting ourselves into a new environment and definitely the gym, you're surrounded by other people who are wanting to better themselves and feel good as well. And it just becomes a new healthy addiction as well, which is good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like, especially because I know your environments that you step into expand further in the gym, because I've seen that you've been to Tony Robbins twice now. I'm sure you've been to multiple personal development events. Like, do you remember some of the first ones you went to and then 
also like the impacts you started to have in your life, like just being around that type of energy? Absolutely. So the first personal development event that I did go to was one of Tony Robbins and that was in 2019. And this was like the first time that I had heard about like limiting beliefs and all of these things. And it changed my entire life. And I remember leading up to Tony Robbins, like I, there was, there have been so many things that I thought were unavailable for me because I had a child with a disability. I thought I would always struggle, like all of these things. I had so many stories and beliefs um, around it. And I didn't even realize that it was available for me to actually attend one of these events. And my best friend was like, we're going um, like payment plan. I was like, oh my God, I can do a payment plan. Like, okay, I'm in. So I went there and I had so many light bulb moments, so many realizations. And a huge one that I had at the time was actually that I believed that I was unemployable, that I couldn't get a job. I looked at my life. I had been a carer since I was 17 and I hadn't what really worked. So I, I had a big gap in my resume and I just looked at it like, oh my God, no one's going to hire me. I have no skills. I have no experience. And I would go out and like half do a half-ass attempt at applying for jobs and just, I it reinforced and I would not get an interview or a call back and it reinforced this limiting belief that I was unemployable but I didn't actually put in the effort to apply specifically for that job like there was so much that I could have been doing but I had a belief that limited me and when I went to Tony Robbins I realized that I had this limiting belief and that it was not true and that I just needed to take massive action and know my outcome and that I I was capable of doing it and I came back from that event feeling super inspired super motivated and I said to my best friend I'm going to get a job this week and I ended up, I took massive action. I like went above and beyond and I got two jobs that week. And I was like, oh my God, I've been attempting to get a job for, you know, the last 10 years with no success, but it was just the belief that was holding me back. And so I, I realized like, okay, I am employable. That was just a BS belief. And I started, I got jobs that I didn't particularly want to be doing, but I had the belief that I am employable. I can get a job. And I remember thinking like, okay, now that I know that I can get a job, what do I want to do? And that's when I decided like, oh, I want to be a personal trainer. I want to be able to, you know, have clients work it around having, you know, my carer responsibilities. And I knew which job I wanted to get, which gym I wanted to work at. So I went and studied there and then I did the same, applied the same thing. Okay, I'm going to take massive action. I'm going to make it known that I want a job there. And I went above and beyond and I ended up getting the job there. So all of these things also led me to believe in myself Mm -hmm. and that if I put my mind to something and I take the action that's required, that I can make it happen. So that was the first event that I went to completely changed my life and definitely has become something that I'm quite obsessed with now. I absolutely love anything that helps me grow and develop as a person. So I just recently went to Tony's event um, last week and so amazing. So many different things land and it's just incredible to be able to put yourself in these environments and you're connecting with other people who are on a similar journey and it gets to be life changing and it gets to be exciting as well. Yeah, definitely. That's epic. Like hearing that just made me think like if life is a canvas, we truly realize that we are the artist that paints it and we can truly live life by design and create the life that we want. And just showing the action that you took following that, 
and being like, I went from someone that was unemployable to then finding two jobs to then start my own entrepreneurial career and then building that and getting into that. Like that's inspiring in itself to see like you can make the steps, but most of the time it is the beliefs that we have to hold us back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the most like it's the biggest thing that holds us back. If we have a goal that we want to achieve in our life, but we're not taking the action towards it, like hundred percent, there's a limiting belief there stopping you. There's a belief of why you think it's not possible for you. And usually that's the the biggest thing that holds us back. Did you have the awareness before that first Tony Robbins event that you had a limiting belief that you were employable or was it something that you already knew of, or was it something that came up during the event? Well, I didn't, I don't think I actually knew much about limiting beliefs, but I knew that I just thought that I couldn't get a job. And, but it, it really landed for me, the biggest realization that I had all of these stories and I I believed it to be absolutely true. Um, So yeah, definitely the realization happened at the event. And before that, I just thought it was the truth. Yeah. That's why I love like coaches or mentors or someone that can help you think outside of your own mind to help you like pinpoint certain things like, wait, that's not true. This is not true. Have you tried this? Maybe this. And that's why I think it's so important. Well, that's why I personally love going to events like a Tony Robbins event or some sort of like personal development type event, because you learn so much about yourself. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even if you can leave with one new idea or one new way of thinking, that still becomes a ripple effect into your life. And that can create so much change. Like that one belief could be the belief that, you know, changes your entire life or the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Like when I first started my online page, it's now called one talk, but when I first started it, it was called mental health experience. And when I first started that page, I think it was June, 2018, I was super nervous starting that. I had so many limiting beliefs stop me from wanting to help people and want me to serve my purpose. I was so afraid of the judgment of other people. Yeah. But then I had a conversation with someone that goes, the people that you think that are going to judge you probably need your message the most. So put it out there. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. But it's just those little things that can just change the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. What was your biggest limiting belief around that, that people would judge you? Yeah. People would judge me. And I always was someone, cause I grew up and the frame in the household before like a lot of stuff happened was that you had to be respected. So I was like, all right, I have to do certain things to get respect from people. And if I step outside of those lines, I'm not going to be respected, but then mm-hmm. I'm not going to fit in, but then except, like, et cetera, et cetera. So then yeah. I thought when I started this thing, maybe people won't respect me. Maybe mm-hmm. people won't like me. Maybe I'll get judged. Now, all those limiting beliefs or loads of those four patterns just kept looping inside my head until mm-hmm. I had that conversation one day with a friend. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to do it anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> so, <laughs> worst can happen is people have an opinion of me. Well, at least, you know, as long as I don't have that opinion of myself, that's the main thing. Because I'm the one that goes to bed with my thoughts. I'm the one that wake up with my thoughts. I'm the one that walks around my thoughts. So as long as that opinion is not internalized, then so be it. Yeah. And how did you overcome that as well? Was it um, just feeling the fear and doing it anyway? Or did you have like a mindset shift or was it that conversation that changed everything for you? Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said before about the self-trust and doing the action. Mm-hmm. I don't, because when I first started, it, it was at the back end of me having a lot of mental health challenges, just like depression, severe anxiety, suicide ideation. 
And it was a way for me to share my message and give back at the time. So I was just like, I just need to do it over and over again till I get comfortable with it. And about six months later, it became a thing where I was just so happy to share information, to share insight, insights or to share wisdom or share experiences that I've been through. And then it mainly at the start, it was mainly the thing of just doing it and becoming comfortable with it. And mm -hmm. over time, I started to learn you know, techniques and patterns and strategies that helped me along the way to build a better frame to be able to express myself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but the big part for me was the uh, book, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. I remember when I read that book, that changed a lot in my life because it showed me a lot with acceptance, also a lot with becoming the peace and also the present moment as well. So when I first studied that book, that's what began my whole, um, that was probably the second book I read that triggered me wanting to delve more into learning more about myself, self-discovery, personal development. But there is a lot of elements that add into one thing yeah, I love that. Actually, one of the books that um I read that started kickstarted a lot of um this self-inquiry for me was his book, but A New Earth. Yeah. Yeah, really powerful stuff. Yeah, I love that. Uh and I think also, you know, when we first do something that is new, it's going to feel uncomfortable. But the more that you do it, the more repetition, it just becomes second nature. It becomes comfortable and you're able to really excel in it. And I think that's the, that's such a powerful message to, to share as well. And if you've got that like desire in your heart, or there's something that you feel so pulled to do that knowing that that is meant for you, like the, it doesn't matter if it makes sense, but that's the, that's the why you know that you have a strong message and you do. And it's so amazing that you have overcome that and you're able to, to share your story. Oh, as well. thank you. Yeah. Like, because like you said, there's those little things that can just make us change our whole life, like those little decisions. And like when I read the book, like Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle's book, I never would have read it if I never made that decision like a year earlier. So I wouldn't have been open-minded to read the book. Like Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and The Way of the Superior Men, I read them both close to each other. But before that, I never read the book in my whole life. I was about 20 at the time, 21. That was my first time reading the book. That's because I made a decision not long before that I opened my mind to this thing. And then after I read that book, I started doing meditation and breath work. But mm -hmm. prior to that, I wasn't open-minded about that at all. If someone said to me, do you want to do breath work? I would have been like, I'm not breathing. Like I do that all the time anyway. <laughs> but then once I started practicing breath work and I saw the benefits from it, I'm like, this is something that is so crucial in life. And then I wanted to share that message. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Yeah. When you first signed up to the gym, was it, Something that you were afraid to do at the start, because I know a lot of people when they first get in the exercise or when they first start the gym, it's something they're very fearful of. And I actually did a bit of research and some statistics around this um, just to um, emphasize um, the challenges that people have about going to the gym. And then maybe we can have a little discussion around it as well. So I've got two separate studies here. So the first one is for non-gym goers. And they said, 50% of non-gym goers find the idea of visiting the gym scary, 40% worried about judgment, 45% are self-conscious, and 48% said that they feel too embarrassed to ask for help. And then mm. another study was done with goers that already attend the gym, and there was 60% of gym goers feel intimidated working out for the first time, 31% of gym goers experience anxiety about getting in shape, and 47% of regular gym goers still feel intimidated walking through the door. And like, 
Do you have any sort of advice or insight that maybe helped you when you first started working out the tender gym and getting comfortable in those environments? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the most scary thing or the hardest thing is walking through the doors. Yeah. Once you're there, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And it's put it's intimidating because it's a new environment and there's a lot of uncertainty and I also think it's very normal that when you first start training at the gym and you're completely new to it, like everyone experiences this. You think everyone's looking at you, everyone's judging you, everyone, you think like everyone's thinking like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Um, And you think everyone's looking at you and they're not, everyone's thinking the same thing. It's called the spotlight effect. If you've ever heard of it, everyone is thinking the same thing. They're worried about themselves. They're either looking at themselves in the mirror. They're not worrying about you at all. And a nice reframe is like people could be so inspired by you for for being in the gym and figuring it out. And when you're new at something, like you're not going to know everything. You're not going to, if you have never gone to the gym before and you don't know anything, like then you can ask for help. Like that's so powerful to do that because you're not going to know what exercises to do. You're not going to know if your form's right. It's completely new. And I think there's so many different aspects that come into it. Like it does feel scary, but you can ask for help. When I first started training, I felt so embarrassed to go to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. I ended up getting a coach and I also felt embarrassed to even go in and train when my coach was there in case my coach was judging me or something. Like I had so many internal dialogue going on inside my mind, but I think you just keep exposing yourself to that environment, doing those things that are new that feel uncomfortable and eventually it becomes comfortable just like with you in the podcast like the repetition you just need to repetitively do something and then eventually it becomes your identity so you know because I started training at the gym consistently and it started becoming a part of my lifestyle and now it's just part of what I do if I miss a gym session like it feels like something's not complete in my life but there was a day where you know, I would try and find all the excuses in the world to not go to the gym. And I think that's just part of it. Um, so it's just learning to to show up. And that's why knowing your why and having a goal, having something that is so big that you don't have to rely on motivation because motivation is fleeting. It's not always going to be there. But having a goal and your why that is so big that it intrinsically pulls you towards it that you don't want to come up with excuses you don't want to come up with all the reasons like you want to you want to get it done you want to show up for yourself Mm. that why piece is incredible like once you truly understand that you don't need motivation because that's just something built within you that drives you anyway like yeah when i used when i first started to go in the gym and i was trying to gain size at the time i was about 60 kilos i was very i was very thin and i couldn't really lift any weights um but I didn't know why I was going. But once I understood my why about going, that's when it actually started to change. You know, at the time, I had the belief that I was the type of person that couldn't gain weight. Mm-hmm. Even then, when I changed my belief, I started gaining weight and gaining muscle because I understood my why behind it. And that truly changed my intention for the habits built around gym and exercise as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, knowing your why is so important. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. And especially like in the in the gym, like, no one's going to judge you. And if someone is judging you, usually that's just a projection of themselves anyway. And that's got nothing to do with you personally. So yeah. 
that's why I try not to take judgment of other people so personal, unless it is like constructive criticism from someone that I respect or admire. But if someone you don't know is judging you, don't take that personal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely a projection of themselves. And I think we can get so caught up on what we think other people are thinking about us, but really we don't know. Yeah. And what we think about ourselves is the most important thing anyway, as long as you're doing what you need to do, then that's all that matters. I remember when I first went to a group class <laughs> and I was so afraid at the start, I was like, I'm going to be in a group of people. Everyone's going to be fitter than me. Everyone's going to be you know, better than me at doing this program. And then about 15 minutes into the group program, I remember I looked up expecting people to be looking at me. I saw everyone else too caught up in like the own suffering of like being out of breath, trying to push. I'm like, no one's even thinking of me. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone's so, so much, so focused about themselves. And I was like, ah, and that's when I changed my belief that, you know, people are looking at me when I'm exercising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. The things that we come up with in our own mind, but it's, it's so true. Like no one is, no one's worried about you. Everyone's just really focused on themselves. Yeah. I've got one last question for you because like from an outside observation, you know, you, you're building a career, you've got, you've had two kids for 16 years. You're focusing on the basics, which is your nutrition, your sleep, everything else. You're working on personal development. Like you're doing so much in life. Like how do you organize time? How do you do it all? And like, yeah, like, cause for the people that are listening and the people that are watching this and they may be thinking like, how do you do all this stuff that's serving you in life? Like, what is that? So definitely prioritizing what's important to you um, and knowing your values as well. Like what's, what are your life priorities and learning how to say no to, to things and saying yes to what's important in your life. And we, it's easy to come up with the excuse that we don't have enough time and we get to create the time for what's important and we also get to prioritize the things that are going to move the needle forward in our life and that are also going to fulfill us and also being intentional, being intentional about like how you want to spend your day and because it's very easy to live as a reaction to our world, but we we need to be organized. We need to know like how our be planned for a week ahead and prioritize the things that are really important. So I know that I definitely have a lot going on in my life. I have big responsibilities with my son and sometimes it can feel quite overwhelming. Um, but also the mental dialogue around that as well. Like it can get, get be very easy to, you know, get caught up in the in the voice that says like, oh, life is so overwhelming. Like I don't have enough time for xyz but you do have time and you can create the time and prioritize it what's important mm, that's true you do have the time you just gotta find it like do you do much like organizing like are you very much like a calendar person putting things in place or you just yeah. kind of go with the flow but you know intrinsically like what you want in life so you don't really have to structure it i definitely everything is in my calendar everything that i'm doing needs to be in my calendar. Otherwise I would definitely overlook it. And if it's not in my calendar, it becomes like something in the back of my mind that feels like overwhelming. Uh, you know, when you have so much in the back of your mind and you're just like, oh my God, I've got so much to do, but having it down like on paper or in your calendar kind of like alleviates that. But structure in my life is definitely something that I'm, I am working on a lot at the moment. Um, 
So yeah, definitely have the calendar and definitely working on uh, a little bit more structure in my life. Yeah, I've actually got one more question. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> I've got a, a, quite a few close women in my life that have kids and also the want to start their own business or they want to start their own entrepreneurial thing or they want to get into work and they also want to study and like self-discover more and they want to begin the journey of personal development but they find it hard to do everything you know and keep everything as a priority like what advice do you have for the mothers out there be able to you know balance everything out and make sure that they are living something that aligns with their sole purpose or that aligns with their values in life yeah, I definitely think knowing your values in life is important and then making sure that you're living in alignment to those values. And I think it still comes back to that what's a priority for you. And it's very easy to want to do like so many different things, um, but having the priority of like what's the most important and where you're going to feel more fulfilled and maybe going all in on like that one thing instead of like maybe 10 different things, which I have been that person in the past. Like I just want to do all these things, but it just creates more overwhelm. So I think being practical as well, realistic about what's possible, like with your your schedule, if you've got kids or whatever it is, but maybe just prioritizing and just like focusing on these key things that are really important instead of thinking that you need to do like a hundred different things. So just honing in, focusing on that. And then also just believing yourself that you can make it happen. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you for coming on today, Robin. Is there, how, what's the best place for people to find you at? Like I'll put all the links in the bio for people, but where's the best places for them to click onto? Uh, definitely my Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's out the most. Uh, well, everyone, please check out the bio, check out Robin's work. Um, I really enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your time and wisdom. Uh, I had a lot of fun as well. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Cheers. <laughs>